0: Take action no matter what, like even if you feel nervous about doing a video, launching a podcast, guesting on a podcast, that fear is telling you that it's a good thing to do and it'll propel you forward. So it's just like, do it anyways.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Empire Life podcast. I'm Alison Ramsey, your host, and I'm also the founder of Empire Life. We mentor female founders from all around the world and scaling their online empires. And today, I'm with special guest Lindsay Phillips, and she is a content marketing and podcast expert. And I'll hand it over to her to intro herself a little bit more.
0: Hey guys, nice to be here. Thanks, Allison. And I know, of course, you've had uh, you've been on my podcast, Leverage Your Podcast Show. And so we've connected a couple of times. Um, But yeah, I've had a, I was just a lonely VA working by myself and then had a VA firm and then transformed into a content marketing firm and then niched down again into podcasting. And I don't think I'm leaving now. Sticking with the podcasting. I love it so much.
1: I love it too. I mean, it's, I saw a person who, another guest who had been on my podcast on yours and Initially, Kate, uh, who's the founder of Lately, yeah, and we also utilize Lately in Empire Life. So when I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, I need to get to know Lindsay because she's connected with Kate. Yeah, Kate, yeah, I love that's Kate. awesome. It was like these these interwoven webs that we have online. I wanted to just dive right in, Lindsay, and ask yeah. you, especially as a female founder What are some of the challenges that you feel like you've overcome and in overcoming these, how did these bring you to be stronger, make you stronger?
0: Honestly, I think the biggest challenge I had was all in my head. It was like, you know, can I do this? And who am I to like speak on stage or have a podcast or have a business? I honestly remember I was one of my first clients um that I had she wanted to ship me out to California and take part in this huge event she was sponsoring and it was Lisa Sasevich event and if anyone knows her she's like massive and I was like so empowered it was all these women and the music and I was just like so inspired and uh, but I just felt like oh, I can't have my own like full agency business like it's just me it's like i just felt like a little fish in a big pond. Like I felt inspired, but I always felt that way. Like, and I've fought it like every step of the way. And some, you know, ten years later or twelve years later, I sometimes still feel that way. It's it's hard to. I I try to like take it out of my head, <laughs> and and not you know succumb to it.
1: That little voice that's are are you supposed to be here? Like what what exactly does the little voice say?
0: I'm not as big as other people may think I am, or like, you know, you see all these people on stage, they're authors, they have such presence, and they have authority and expertise. And sometimes I feel like, like an imposter, I guess, and that, you know, who wants to hear what I have, or I, am I really as good as you know <laughs> I profess to be, or you just don't feel good enough, I, I think is what it comes down to like, why would someone want me to speak on stage or on a podcast? Or I mean, now I'm good. I, I'm like, I know my stuff. I see my value and getting feedback from my clients really helps. Like, you know, their notes mm. of like how much they appreciate me or, you know, congratulate me on X, Y, Z. And obviously I can see the numbers and the success of my podcast. So I know there's value there. So I've, I've come out of it, but it is really easy to kind of, you know, put yourself down or, or not raise yourself up.
1: I love what you shared there. I'm, I'm curious, what do you tell yourself? Like if you were about to go on stage, are there certain mantras that you tell yourself or how how do you, or do you just go with it now? Like you don't need to tell yourself anything or
0: is there some practice around that? I think it's just, practicing, doing it and just getting comfortable. And I think for a while, I sort of felt like I had to be a certain persona. I had to dress Mm. a certain way. I, I like, I don't have the fancy dress or like I had to, you know, be very professional and I can't be silly or I just couldn't necessarily be myself. So it felt even more like weird and rigid and then after doing my own podcast and after guessing on a few after a while, like a lot of them sucked, like I'm not going to lie. Um, and you just kind of have to like work your way through it. But now it's like, I can say whatever I want. I can say something silly. I can, you know, it's okay to not be perfect. I think that was one of the mm. the bigger lessons. Like, And I, I don't even gravitate to people that I see on social that are like, everything is perfect. And they're like photo shoots and I'm just like, Mm. like I would rather connect with someone that is like a real normal human being that I would like to hang out with and have coffee or a beer with or chat about work or just like a real normal human being and that you don't have to be perfect
1: I completely agree with that with that part of it I feel that it allows you when when you see someone else in their imperfections and being open and honest about that like how I food poisoning the last few days and i don't quite feel like myself but like i'm i'm here and i'm showing up and whether that looks i'm sure that it's not gonna whatever perfection is anyways right it allows the other person i think to feel the space to then be themselves so it's like this you know give and take or the
0: energetic yeah
1: it goes both ways
0: i think totally does And I think you're putting other people at ease if you're comfortable within yourself. And for me, I'm like, and it took me a while to kind of figure this out, is that not being perfect, it doesn't take away from the value of what I offer and my experience and my knowledge.
1: Yes, exactly. I was watching a YouTuber that I love uh, right before getting on here when I was eating lunch. And she has a mixture of videos where sometimes she's in her car and she'll hmm. put some text on there but it's like you can see the black bars on both sides and sometimes she's in a studio sometimes she's in her living room and i love i feel that i can relate more yeah to where she's coming from and i see her in hoodies and i see her dress really nice yeah. and i'm like wow she's a real person
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and she like, can talk in her car sometimes and she's on the go maybe she's taking her kids to a sporting event but she can still connect with yeah. her audience I definitely feel more connected with that kind of content
0: too me too agreed
1: and I this is a little bit of a lighter question do you feel like entrepreneurs need a morning routine
0: often ask myself the same thing I hear so many people or morning routine and like meditate and yoga and I don't know it's like you can try things and it's whatever works for you. I don't think like, oh, everyone needs to have a morning routine in order to be successful. I don't believe in that cookie cutter kind of viewpoint. And everyone's got like, some people are up at six in the morning because they got to get their kids ready and go to school. Mm -hmm. And who has time to meditate? (laughs) You know, it's just like there's the realities of life. For me, it's like, I cannot get up have breakfast, get the kids out and then boom, like get on the computer. I need, I'm not a morning person at all. So I need like to curl up on the couch with my puppies. I need to have coffee and I need to have a piece of toast. And then like I check in with my girlfriends that we text every day. And then I like, you know, shower, get ready and get on with my day. But it's like, I need that time to like ease into the day. And if I don't, if I'm rushed, I I just feel stressed. So it's not like the kind of morning routine that I would, you know, put on an Insta story or anything.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I feel really similar in that, that I need that buffer after taking my kid to school and then get back. And like, I've, I've been implementing stretching and doing some crunches and like a body weight workout, Because I'm still somewhat recovering from my ankle or breaking my leg a few months ago. So I can't quite like fully work out yet, but I can do some body weight exercises. And that's been leading, going into my day, feeling strong and okay. I worked out. I did some form of working out. So I don't need to think about that later in the day.
0: And I I feel like you're accomplished, right? You're like, yeah,
1: you're, you're like accomplished. (laughs) Like you said, if we lead from anxiety or stress it bleeds in I feel like to the whole oh, day
0: wholeheartedly yeah, I know I've, and I wish I could be one of those people that it's like oh I can't work out later in the day so I get up at 5 30 and get it in before you know before quarter after six and I'm like bless your heart but <laughs> if I had to do that I think I would like soon rather poke my eyes out I just, <laughs> yeah I I'm not a morning
1: person either
0: no not because
1: that means you then a person needs to go to bed at like nine yeah, about to make sure that they get enough sleep. And I love, I my, sleep,
0: so. I love my sleep. I love my <laughs> sleep a little too much. Maybe.
1: <laughs> I'm wondering too, as we're talking about with getting up early or different things in your business, how, how do you handle when certain resistance
0: comes up? Usually power through it, <laughs> but I kind of, I always have it like an end insight. If I know like today is rough, I've got like, you know, back-to-back calls and I don't know how I'm going to juggle, you know, my clients pinging me here and there and teams asking questions. I'm like, okay, when I'm done all of this, I'm going to take an hour work through all those pieces so that I can not think about it later on tonight and then start with tomorrow with a fresh start. But I do also try to like bank time, if you will, into my calendar to account for like the craziness or resistance that you may get from X, Y, Z. It's like, like today's a little bit nutty, but normally I have like, I only have my appointments in the afternoon. I make sure that I've got a half hour block in between each calls so that I can quickly check in with my team or client to make sure that there's no emergency so that I'm not stressed. And then I have Fridays where I don't have calls. I just might have collaboration calls, so that if there are any projects that just kept getting pushed or I've got time to work on my own stuff. So I kind of, I try to proactively like work that into my schedule to, you know, so it's, I can manage it a little bit better.
1: I love that about the time blocks. I, I've i been doing that for a while too. And people will ask me push, aim to push the boundaries a little bit sometimes. Like, well, do you have Monday though? Because I only take calls on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I consider them my social days. So I'm, I'm on it, right? I'm yeah, really yeah. I'm, I'm extremely extroverted. Uh, I still need, I've learned about myself that I need the time to regroup or, like you said, have a cup of coffee, yeah. stretch, work out, write my journal, You know, catch up with certain podcasts maybe I want to listen to, take a walk. All those things need to be kind of time-blocked and quality time with my family it has been non-negotiable to some extent for me even when people ask i think that's important for the listeners to really aim for it to be non-negotiable that they need to make an appointment in those time blocks because otherwise then other things get
0: pushed and then it's chaos it just feels chaotic Mm -hmm. and like on mondays I do not want to have to dress up and like do my hair. I just want to be like in my sweats and work behind the scenes and like do my thing. So I do not book those kinds of calls on Monday because I know that would like just make me on edge. Um, I would rather just quietly do my thing, plan the week, you do some project stuff. Um, Yeah, I just you end up like learning the hard way sometimes, you know, we're like all of a sudden a week went by and you're like, what happened? (laughs) And you're like, this can't happen again. What do I need to do to like make this not happen again? And so yeah, you learn about what you like and don't like.
1: That's true. By trial and error and reflecting. Like every Sunday night, I usually aim to reflect on, okay, how did last week go and what needs to carry over into this week that maybe didn't get finished from the team and myself. And then putting that into the calendar and looking at the whole week. And I think having at least an hour of some time to reflect yeah. in that way is extremely healthy for and doing see, better. Learning. If I
0: did that on a Sunday, I'd be a stress puppy and I wouldn't sleep that night. Oh, no. I cannot think, do, touch anything to do with work on a Sunday. I would rather leave it till the Monday. I need, I need my head to be mm. clear and relaxed.
1: That helps. We're me also different, get, right? Yeah, we're also different. That helps me to be more clear and relaxed going into Monday. Mm. Just to like, no, have yeah, yeah, at least a, a framework of okay, these yeah. are the things that I'm going to work on this next week. And when I don't do that, I feel like I'm going into Monday, and I what am what am I going to do this week? And I want to be waking up, and knowing kind of at least a framework that's yeah. flexible. And what needs to happen and what I need because Mondays are usually not wanting to think as much days.
0: Yeah. I really <laughs> like I want to have
1: the list already ready. And I try to yeah. do laundry and but Sunday is the detox, a detox social media day for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And sometimes it goes into Saturday too.
0: Yeah. And really,
1: I'm, like, I'm starting to try to be better about that. Yeah. Saturday and Sunday. Like you said, to just kind of unplug from work.
0: Agreed. You need to have clear headspace. And really like as business owners, we like are married to our work babies, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. like, it's a part of our DNA. So when we walk away from our computer and we're, you know, after dinner or like laying in bed at night, like who are we kidding? We're still thinking about work stuff. So it's like, you need a couple of days where you're really decompressing and not thinking about it. Like you don't want it to like consume your brain. It it'll just like make you spin.
1: It's true. It does for sure. Even when I'm trying not to spin, I might be in the shower and the idea comes to me and then I want to talk about it. And yeah, <laughs> it's almost always on, like you said. Yeah. yeah. You gotta And that. I, I want to, to segue into how how did you land in this or come to being in marketing and podcasting?
0: It is the weirdest journey. <laughs> so <laughs> um in high school, so I went into like university with history and fine art history. And then I went into museum management and curatorship. And I worked um like in a museum and I worked with some nonprofits. And then I moved out West and worked for like a, an arts fundraising company and I, I just got burnt out and I hated it. And so, and then I went to work with a friend in like interior design and I helped her with her marketing and just weird things happened. And somehow I learned the interior design and like made curtains and installed blinds and made design calls. And, and then I started working for a car dealership in the wholesale department. And then I managed the wholesale department. And then we ended up going out on our own and I had a business called Nordland Enterprises. So it was Norm, Deb and Lindsay. And we exported trucks for wholesalers into the States doing all like custom, like customs and, you know, US DOT and, and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, it's like, people are like, what? And then, um, so fast forward when I, um, the dollar went kaputty, And so that whole business just died out. And so I just started working as like an executive admin for uh, a company. And I found out that a friend of mine was doing VA work and she was working from home. And I'm like, working from home? Because I had a small, like I my my son was really young. And I was like, I would love to work from home. And I thought, I think I'm ready to be my own boss again and like do something myself. Right. And the jobs that I was doing, I was kind of like, like, I'm, I'm better than this. I can do more. Like I'm smart and and what have you. And so I started doing VA work, quit my job that I had. And then I eventually got a client and then I was burning the candles at both ends so then I hired people so that I could grow and scale and so I had a VA firm and then content marketing and then yeah morphed to the the podcasting so it was like yeah it's a weird journey
1: (laughs) that's an incredible journey I'm just so creative I mean I can't even describe everything it's just like such a creative (laughs) I feel like I'm I'm expressing myself more creatively as I got older. I followed a very left-brained, I guess, like math and science, heavy education, and I guess everything. Yeah. <laughs> in life, but I am able to express myself more creatively, like through podcasting and yeah, and content you know, video content hmm. graphics and. We, ha- we just hired, actually, a graphic designer for the team. Nice. And because it's still, like, kind of exhausting for me. This is not really my, where yeah. I want to be focusing all of my energy and effort. Absolutely. I'm curious to to bring it back to your story. Right now, in your company, do you still have a lot of VAs? Like, do you still have VAs yeah, on but your I, team? Yeah, we've got it. Like work- yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so we have a team, um, there are like account reps, so they handle like the content and what have you for the clients and proof them. Um, We have uh, an Infusionsoft expert on our team and obviously a a video editor, an audio editor, um, graphic designer, I have a web designer, um, a writer. Yeah, so it's kind of like different little, you know, expertises that, uh, that I need to pull on.
1: That's incredible. How do you find them? Or do you still have the other company is still running or?
0: No, I just kind of, which other company? The the
1: one where you had VAs. Uh,
0: I just kind of just changed into what we did and what the focus of the business oh, was. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But some of my team members that were like, some of them I've had for five years, three years, two wow. years. So some of them have been like with me a, a long, long time. Um, And my husband's on my team. He's been, He's like, does the infusion soft video and some uh, audio editing. And uh, so, yeah, we both run the business together.
1: Amazing. I didn't realize that. We haven't killed each other yet. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, you're both co-founders of the business?
0: I'm the founder and then um, I hated what he was doing Mm -hmm. and I needed more help. So I'm like, do you want to try working (laughs) with me for me? And then we tried it out for a summer and then, yeah, we didn't kill each other. We, our offices are in different spaces. We like Skype message each other and send <laughs> each other emails, just like, you know, everybody else. And, you know, we've got meetings and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, he's been, um, and then obviously, you know, being a, a co-partner, we kind of navigated that. And so we've been partners in the biz for, I guess, four years, five years. Awesome. Wow. But I'm like the face of the business. Do you know what I mean?
1: You have a lot of wisdom with, for, especially for women who want to have that with a partner or want to co-create, you know, that or have them on their team. You have a lot of wisdom
0: to share. Some days are better than others. Not gonna lie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Where are you guys based again?
0: Uh, Just north of Ontario, Toronto, Ontario.
1: And you're both from Canada?
0: Yep. We, um, yeah, he oddly enough, like growing up, we were probably maybe two hours away from each other, but not knowing each other. And Mm -hmm. we actually went to the same grad school at the same time, but didn't know it. And then we met when we lived out West in BC and then got engaged and then both moved back to Ontario.
1: That's incredible. Wow. Kind of weird. (laughs) I was just watching the side note of Pamela Anderson's documentary just came out. She, I didn't realize she was from Canada.
0: Yeah. Yeah. BC.
1: Yeah, it's really, yeah, I, it was, watched it too. I didn't, it so good. you watched the whole, I didn't watch oh, the yeah. whole thing. I was like halfway through, but yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Uh, oh, I wanted to die. I want to dive back in um, to the, to getting back to the questions about if you were going to start a business today, Lindsay, what do you feel like are the top five things that you wish you had known before that you learned along the way?
0: Definitely that processes and procedures matter because I've had a couple of, a lot of meltdowns Mm. along the way where it's like, all of a sudden you get a flood of clients, you're trying to delegate to your team and you're just like, what? It's like, everything's a hot mess. Um, so really having to create those processes, templates of tasks, um, and systems, uh, in place, So that it's easier on me and that my team is empowered to, and know what they need to do and what their timelines are. And, um, I even have them sign, uh, our team, uh, protocol document of like how we work, how we communicate, how to work with teamwork's, the project management system. And, um, yeah, all those kinds of guidelines are just so important, boring, but important.
1: (laughs) yeah the like the SOPs they take forever to write I feel like I but they're so important and they're always Ugh. I call them like ever living documents they're I know they could be changed constantly
0: yeah and then always referring back to like even today like one of my teams was like I'm like oh they asked a question I'm like well, well it's in the task and you need to like go here and then I'm like Refer to like step four of this page of our protocol guideline. Like you always had like you can't re-explain stuff, right? It's like no, go here and and get them in the habit of going into that procedure guide.
1: Oh, I like that. That's that's good advice to for our listeners yeah. that to keep referring. It's similar with clients too. Like, uh this is the time that I can meet. These are the these are like my business hours I have in all my contracts. So if it's outside of business hours, then it'll be pushed to the next day. Right. And like, yeah, remember, these are my business hours, but there's a way to be polite and kind about that. Yeah.
0: and It is so good. That's another great point that you raise is like setting those expectations a for clients, Mm -hmm. but also your team members. Mm -hmm. It's like, um, even, you know, getting your team to do things. It's like, and I, I slip up. I did it yesterday, honestly, And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, that's on me. I should have laid out the expectation ahead of time. And like to admit when you're wrong, right? It's like, you know, it should generally take about half an hour to do this task and an hour to do this one. So then that way they know what my expectation is, because if they did it and then all of a sudden I get like a bill for five hours and I'll be like, what the heck? And just so it's kind of like, these are the guidelines that I'm looking at and the expectations so that they feel good about what they're doing and they know the time frame that needs to get done.
1: That's true. Yes. That there's that upfront kind of communication.
0: Yeah. And then just a the little <clears throat> reminders along the way. And, and yeah, and I'm, especially when you're going by the speed of light and like, sometimes I'm like the worst communicator to my team. They, they come back to me and they're like, what? And I'm like, I'm sorry. Those instructions were awful. <laughs> and I am like, I know I need to slow down and like make it as easy as possible for my team to do their job,
1: right? But then that means that's more time upfront. Up
0: front. Yeah. Like
1: almost like front loading that then you can save time in the back end. Yeah. Because it, if you're going back and forth, you're still not saving time. No. You know, no. It, it still ends up taking more time yeah. if we than if we take a deep breath and like, okay, this is worth it. <laughs> this is worth my time. And I try to think about where they're gonna click and what they're gonna think when they're going through the process, and it takes a significant amount of time to explain something to somebody, especially in writing. I think. Yeah. People don't realize how much time that takes.
0: Thank God for Loom. That's all I. Have to yeah, say.
1: yeah. I just got a subscription to it recently. It's yeah, it's incredible. Ever. I'm gonna yeah. do all of my modules for my courses with it in the future oh, nice. too. Yeah, yeah, I think it's, it's a personal touch because they can still see you
0: and see your facial expressions and your tone. Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes if you send an email, it's like, they could think you're snarky. Right. And it's like, yeah. you're not,
1: <laughs> I like to set certain reminders in my phone that then like check in about something that I said, if mm-hmm. I said just recently, you know, this many graphics need to be created by this date for this upcoming promotion. And then I need to be on top of that and go back and check it or check in, not on the day when it's due, but maybe two mm-hmm. weeks before.
0: Yeah, I have my team do updates. So they send me an update every more, every Monday of like what they did, what's coming up. Are they behind on any of their tasks? Is there something they're waiting for me or the client on that's holding them back from doing their job? And then that way it makes they accountable and they're communicating kind of like what they need to carry out their job. And if there's anything that I'm, I'm missing that they, you know what I mean? And then I know where they're at and I have peace of mind.
1: Oh yeah. I love that. That, what is yeah. that on again? What software do they you just use? email me?
0: Like Oh, they email have the, like me. a format and they just email me their weekly update just to like stay in communication and kind of know where they're at and what's behind and what's holding them back. Um, what they're waiting for. Cause if I need to bug a client for something or Yeah, it's been really good. And again, like starting my business years ago, and like hiring, it's like you don't realize all of these things. And it's, Mm -hmm. you know, you're you're not like to manage a team, project manage, and then also like try to be a decent leader and a decent human being to them, and run your business and like manage your clients and do your work. It's like holy Hannah Batman. It's like. It's it's a learning curve along the way, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, you have a format that they check in with you every Friday? Yeah. Or something like that? That they send you, they answer certain questions? Is that what you yeah.
0: said? So, yeah. Incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, every morning, every Monday, they, it's like an update. Here's the client. Here's what I'm working on this week. Um. Is, is there anything that's like at risk of not, being done on deadline um what are you missing what do you need from me or the client is there anything that you need like from the company standpoint like is there like a something you want to learn more about or is there something like you you hate doing you love doing you want more of like we kind of touch upon those things right because you want your team to be happy and feel good about what they're doing and feel like they're they're needed and they they're, they're not flailing and wondering
1: and what exactly uh, is your team working on with the clients? Are they publishing podcasts, or like, are they,
0: yeah, deploying the- emails, creating social content, images, wow. um, writing copy for web pages, um, reminder emails for webinars, making oh. reels, making videos.
1: <clears throat> I've been curious. So if that would be a whole package for a client. That they would say, for example, to you, I want to scale my podcast and then you and your team will look at what is needed to do that.
0: Yeah, I have a whole so how- podcast leverage system uh, for podcast mm-hmm. hosts and guests. And so we have different packages where we obviously we can create the show notes, post it on their website, create the images um, create an email that sends out to their list. We can do LinkedIn newsletter, create the social posts, like pulling out little tips, quotes, questions so that they can, you know, like multiplying and reusing that content. Um, if it's the video format, then I can create those little square videos of like little 60 second clips. Um, we can create reels from that. And then obviously with our podcast production, there's more involved in that part of it, but just for like the leveraging, of the podcast whether you're guesting or hosting um we kind of like create all those assets and and deploy them and implement them
1: that's amazing Thanks. that saves us so much time for the business owner
0: yeah then you can just but record you, and move on with your life <laughs> focus yeah, on your clients
1: yeah exactly you can hand it to to your team to to do all of that yeah. and you also publish it on the social media the deploy part you know yeah, if they plan. They can plan that out and publish it. Yeah,
0: too. and then schedule the emails in their whatever you know CRM type thing they're using. Um, log into their LinkedIn and post the newsletters if they're doing newsletters. Mm-hmm.
1: Wow, that's amazing!
0: Thanks.
1: I didn't. I didn't have that question on there. That was something that I. Really that's all right. Dive, <laughs> that I wanted to dive into. <laughs> So, oh, as we're about to hop off, Lindsay, I was wanting to know what are the top three concepts that you really want to leave the audience with?
0: That's a good question. I think um really being clear and understanding of what it is that your sweet spot and your superpower is and leaning into it, and don't let your, you know, imposter syndrome or comparing yourself with others is be really confident in what it is that you know so that you can showcase your authority in a bigger way. Um, So like, don't second guess yourself. And secondly is take action no matter what, like, even if you feel nervous about doing a video, launching a podcast, guesting on a podcast, that fear is telling you that it's a good thing to do and it'll propel you forward. So it's just like, do it anyways, even though it's scary. And the third I would say is be consistent. So when you are marketing and you're, you know, creating social, you're emailing your list, you're creating content, Mm. um, consistency is absolutely key, especially now with, um, podcasts, if you are not consistent, they're going to go somewhere else and jump ship and listen to a podcast that's weekly. And then, so it is proven within statistics within the various podcast hosts that, consistency is key and same with like the algorithms with social Mm -hmm. right if you're not in front of people's faces and if you're not out there um consistently then you're not going to be shown and put in front of you know those people's faces so your 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 marketing will run dry and so will the leads and the clients
1: wow all all of those are incredible so for podcasting you suggest once a week
0: absolutely yeah
1: absolutely And if they're not able to do once a week or for time, like to delegate that, to figure out how to do it
0: once a week. Yeah, absolutely. And some people, here's a quick trick. So some people, if they've had a guest on their show, they've actually recorded something afterwards to do like their perspective on whatever it is that the guest was talking about. So they will release a podcast episode the following week, almost like their recap and their Mm -hmm. experiences based on the conversation so they can give their expertise and their spin on it. So like, how easy is Mm. that? Right. Like just a 15 minute episode. Like it doesn't have to be long. Mm -hmm. It just has to be something.
1: So in that one, do they take maybe clips from the original one? And when they said this, like, yeah, like last week this went
0: live and check it out here and You know, it really made me think about this, this, and this, and here's my experience with it. Here's what we talked, you know, here's something that we talked about and it came up and it made me think like, and here's my perspective and my experience and my tip, whatever it may be. But yeah, like how quick is that to do?
1: Yeah. I love that. I I do love giving certain advice or tips as they come up too. Like this happened yesterday and I was really felt called to talk about this. Yeah. Sharing personal development pieces Totally. During the solo episodes, some of my solo episodes, which I have a few, I would love to start doing more are some of the most popular episodes that I have.
0: Yeah. Cause your expertise yeah. matters. People want to hear more from you and people connect to, you know, to podcasts and follow them. Sure. It's great to hear, you know, different guests and what have you and, and learn different things, but they're really listening loyally um, because of the host, because of you, they want to hear from you. It's true.
1: Yeah. I love that to end with that. And Lindsay's contact information will be in the show notes for everybody, how to get in touch with her or work with her, have her support of her and her team. Awesome. Thank you for
0: being here, Lindsay. Yeah. Thanks for chatting with me.